0: Welcome to Breaking Barriers. You know your path, we know the obstacles, and we can teach you how to tear them down. And now your host, CEO and founder of Adapting Social, John Viguero. Okay, guys, welcome back to another episode of Breaking Barriers. I hope everybody out there is creating a great day um, with me. I had the lovely Cassie Petrie. Um, thank you so much for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. Excited to chat. So I've seen, so I've seen the research and stuff that we've done. Obviously, we've seen that. You know, you are a co-founder in CrowdSurf. Um, for people out there, like, who is Cassie? What is that? Give us, give us a quick uh, rundown.
1: Yeah, so um, I'm Cassie. I am a co-founder and co-CEO of a company called CrowdSurf. We're traditionally known for digital marketing in the music and entertainment industry, but over the past couple of years, I've also really started exploring um, artist management and have several clients in that world as well. And just some other, you know, sort of interest
0: projects. Yeah. How is that? And and, you know, so many people, obviously everybody like, you know, they love uh, celebrities and artists and stuff like that. Um, Over the years that you've been doing what you're doing, do you have, have you had any like big like fan moments where it's like, oh, I, I met this person or I'm working with this person. That really stuck out to you? Um, it's weird. I feel like I don't feel them in the moment, but looking
1: back yeah. on them or like when I'm telling somebody about my work day, I, I remember um a moment for me that felt kind of crazy was um I work with Britney Spears and I remember we were planning the the Elton John and Britney Spears release. And I, I think I called my mom and I said something along the lines of, Oh yeah, like I just gave my feedback on like this new version of Tiny dancer that's gonna be called Hold Me Closer. And she's like, You do realize that that's like insane that you're giving feedback on a classic Elton John song that's being remade with one of the biggest modern pop stars. Like you just you say that so casually, but it's not casual. And I was like, Oh yeah, I guess it's not. I I think I don't realize some of the things that come out of my mouth aren't (laughs) they sound like everyday mundane tasks and they're really not. (laughs) So
0: that 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 can be kind of yeah. That's so cool, uh, Cassie. And you know what though? Uh, it's, I feel like sometimes when you're in it and you're like you're in the zone and like you're doing these different things, like you get blinded a little bit to that stuff, or it kind of numbs it away. Um, but that's so cool. You should be really proud of yourself to be able to work at that level and work with people like that. So that's really exciting. Um, I want to start here. So what, like, what what have you like experienced to be one of the hardest things for yourself as an entrepreneur? So being a co-founder, being a co-CEO. What is what has been some of the biggest challenges that you faced? Let's start with leadership, right? What have been some things that you've learned over the years? You're like, wow! If I knew that when I first started and started building a team, like this would have been priceless. Like, is there any leadership golden nuggets you can drop for the uh, listeners here?
1: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing I learned, you know, and I think I'm still learning this, is that everyone is not motivated by the same things that i'm motivated by and if they were they would probably be running an entertainment marketing and management company and not working (laughs) crowd surf so that's uh i think just understanding that everyone's different right and i think sometimes i would especially in the beginning of my career i would take the put yourself in the other person's shoes thing from the perspective of like pretending they were me versus actually trying to be in their shoes if right. that makes sense like I've tried to treat them as I would want to be treated but that's not always the right thing to do you have to treat them like they want to be treated and yeah. so I think learning that and picking up those cues and sort of being able to quickly identify what motivates and demotivates you know certain people's a skill I'm I'm still working on and want to get better at
0: yeah. Wow. So that's, that is a big golden nugget. I really appreciate you bringing that up. Um, I think I, I, earlier in my, in my phase, I can attest to this for anybody listening in right now. Like I remember specifically, I'm like, you know, I started, the, I started my company, my agency when I was like 17. And it was the first business that I started obviously. And so fast forward, like at the time, like I was just like super high energy, like really aggressive, like looking at like the way that like I look at things, right. And, and, and thinking that the things that motivate me are going to motivate my team. Right. So like me being like, you know, motivational, 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 some people don't want that shit. They don't want it. Like they think it's just rah, rah bullshit. So it's like over the years, I had to learn that, that like what, I, what motivates me doesn't motivate everybody else. So I think it's such a powerful thing. And it goes from whether it's monetary, whether it's, you know, just, uh, how they actually motivate themselves. It could be, you know, more about recognition than it is about money or it could be more about culture than it is whatever so there's so many different facets and levers and and i appreciate you sharing that and anybody listening in i think that's such a big deal is in leadership it's understanding what motivates your team and not everybody's going to have the same factors that motivate them so it's so big i appreciate that um talk to me about being a co-ceo how is that um i always i hear that's like more of a popular thing lately where people are doing it together how is that? And do you find yourself bucking head to head sometimes, or what does that look like?
1: So, yeah, you know, so I'm co-ceo with my business partner. And we both founded um yeah. the company fifteen years ago. So it's always been it's always been a team effort. And I think we sort of I think we have a really good flow now. I think at the beginning of the business, we may be sort of butt heads because we both thought we needed to be doing the same thing because we both have the same title. Right. And I think once we came to accept that that didn't need to be that way and that we had strengths and weaknesses, we really were able to be able to really expand our company and be able to do a better job and provide a better service to both our clients and to be better you know, team members to our internal staff. So you know that I think that's one thing in terms of that. I think the other thing is that I've talked to a lot of people who our co-founders or you know have business partners and I I realize how lucky I am to have my business partner Jane because I've realized that we see like we we disagree on some things but on the big stuff we really Mm -hmm. agree in terms of like um I think like our moral compass is similar I think how we want to reinvest money into the business how much we want to pay ourselves Right. How much time you want to spend on the business. We're really on the same page about that kind of stuff. And when you're on the same page about those really big key things, the other stuff you can always figure out how to work out. And I've seen a lot of my friends' businesses fall apart because they weren't on the same page about that stuff.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It can go ugly, but that's so amazing. And 15 years, like, again, like, congratulations. That's awesome. Um, you know, Thank again, you. I think the average, I think, is like, most businesses fail in the first like one of three is like ninety percent or some crazy absurd number, um, and then the it gets less and less as you get obviously older and age as a company. Um, but it's really cool to see that though, and and that's really cool. Um, and so, what have what have been like? What would you say was like your biggest challenge in scaling your company? Right. So a lot of people, you know, uh, email in or, or comment in and say, "Hey, like, you know, I really want to scale my organization." Like, how do I get in front of more customers or, you know, so what did you guys find for you? 15 years, obviously, means that you guys had a pretty decent lead acquisition, at least, um, you know, to keep you a bit, keep you afloat. So what what has been like, and what advice would you give to like a small business owner um, on just like building their, their, you know, scale?
1: Yeah, on scale, I think that, so we're, we're not huge. You know, we never did the thing that I think a lot of modern companies do, which is, you know have a vision either raise money in the beginning of the company or raise money to scale we've we still own the business 50/50 and we've had right. offers for different types of investments over the years but right. for this business in particular we didn't feel like it was the right decision and yeah. we've always we've always hired after we got business so we right. like we would secure the work first before we would hire the people to do it right and i think that 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 has really you know worked for us and has never made us feel overwhelmed you know we have about 50 employees now and we've in over 15 years we grew to that slowly so it never felt like right we went to a big scale phase and i i i'm glad because it honestly scaling aggressively sounds really stressful and i could see why people would need a lot of advice on that because it's it's stressful on you it's stressful on your team it's probably stressful on your clients because they they're getting less attention and you're Still, having to train sure. a lot of people it's it, yeah. it sounds really tough and i'm glad that we've never had a big scale moment because that sounds very stressful to me
0: yeah yeah i've, I've yeah. experienced that. i i've experienced that personally as we when when we started growing the agency you know yeah. we went from being this like this localized agency you know to then we were in 20 countries and as we started to that level it's like insane because you have to have talent recruitment on point you have to have effective strategies on point and changing innovation the list goes on and on obviously but point being is like i've I've been in that headache spot in that stress spot um and it made us you know reconfigure our thought process on our growth um so i totally i definitely agree with that that's that's always been but sort of going back to that question then so What's been like, what advice would you give people on getting new clients? Like what what has been a good effective strategy for you in terms of getting new, new entertainment clients and getting in front of them and all that good stuff?
1: Lucky for me, I don't really have to do much work in terms of outreach. In fact, I find that outreach, at least in entertainment, generally doesn't go over well. It's all about somebody asking for a recommendation and somebody recommending you right and every job we've ever gotten has always been because we did a good job for somebody else and somebody mm. told about it it's all word of mouth behind the scenes and then doing a great pitch when you when the opportunity arises to to pitch for that project but we've been lucky we don't have to do a lot of you know aggressive outreach because it's you know we're a business to business it's not really that kind of yeah you know product for you to be not
0: consumer based yeah um, well, that's cool though. So I love that, and I think everybody that's listening right now, I think that's the big component. Is you'll never get the the biggest client acquisition for most businesses are word of mouth when you do something the right way. So if you do a good product or a good service offering, and you do the right thing by your customer. That's what typically happens, right? The word starts spreading like wildfire. So it's really cool. So over the years, that's how you built up, obviously, your company, and that's cool to see that. um So where where do you see crowdsurf going? Like, what's what's like the next like you know, five to 10 years look like for you guys?
1: Yes. So so our general underlying goal is pretty simple. Our goal is to help artists, people share their gift with the world. Mm
0: -hmm. And that's
1: pretty vague. And it's kind of vague for a reason, because we we started in one place, and we've really evolved to have so many other services. And all those services have come out of wanting to help artists and seeing needs that they had. So mm-hmm. we've gotten into artist management more the past couple of years because a lot of artists that I was finding on TikTok and I would flag up to a great manager that I work with, they would always say, this is too early for me. And I was like, when is it not too early though? And this is when it's too early is when I feel like people need help the most. Right. So I was like, I wanna help these people. So if I think they're amazing. I believe in them. Obviously I'm already recommending them to people. So why don't I just manage them myself? So right. that's that's where and I've always wanted to do artist management is just about finding the right artist at the right time. And I feel like right. now's the right time. I, I'm really proud of the artist roster we've built this year and have we actually have a lot of music coming out from these artists we've been working on all year that's coming out at the end of the year. So I think artist management will continue to be a big part of CrowdSurf. And of course our digital marketing services will continue to be there. And then I just want to, you know, I really look up to companies that have multiple, um, like entertainment industry facets that they play in. Right. So I see some sort of level of like maybe some production, whether it's a television show or, or something else, and maybe some new tech development or in investment as, as well. Mm-hmm. But those are some other two categories. I think it, when the right opportunity arises, I think we'll, we'll play in
0: those sandboxes as well. That's really cool. That's really exciting though as well. Um, Is there anybody right now that you're like super, like whether it's a book, whether it's like some sort of thing you're training or learning, like who inspires you right now that you're like watching or reading or is there somebody out there in the world in leadership, thought leadership, something business related uh, that you're really inspired by?
1: Oh man, that's that's tough because I went through my phase of, especially during COVID of like, following all the big entrepreneurs and being inspired by their short form content and and tick or what they post on linkedin and that sort of thing and i and i think i do still admire that that content and and you know get inspired by it in different ways but kind of maybe not quite as intensely as i used to like right. i love everyone on you know shark tank and i think yeah. you know cardo and gary v you know all like sort of the the classics yeah. but um One person I've been really inspired by recently, and I've kind of been doing a deep dive on his interviews, and this is going to sound super random, but I'm loving Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, wow. And and I really, one thing I really admire about, I love watching like hour-long interviews with him because he's so smart and he's been so many different things in his career. But I think the thing that he's done really well is he always knows when to pivot. He knows when it's gonna be when he's been in a category for too long and he's gonna move so like he did bodybuilding and I think as soon as he knows when his decline is gonna happen in a category he pivots to something else and I think that's really smart and something that I want to make sure I'm on top of he never abandoned bodybuilding by any means I mean look at him like he's you know that's still part of his life but he didn't he didn't make that his sole focus anymore at one point and then you know, move from movies to politics, politics to philanthropy, and then I know he has some other endeavors coming up now, and I just, I I I appreciate, like, his ability to pivot, and I think Richard Branson has some of that, too, in terms of, you know, and I I, I admire Richard Branson in general, because he sort of started in, you know, entertainment kind of in a a way that I did, and yeah, really made things from, you know, phones to trains to hotels to records, like, I, I think that's really cool that he just followed what he was interested in, so those are, two that I admire because I think they did a really good job sort of expanding their footprint and weren't scared to try things that maybe other people thought they would fail at.
0: Yeah, I absolutely love that. It's so fire. I, I'm a big fan of both. Um especially Branson yeah. has been, recently he's been really motivating me. I think when he went on um his his uh the the mission to uh to to go into orbit um with his team like it was really cool that he had a moment where he was just like talking about how like anything's achievable. Like, you know, don't let anybody tell you otherwise. Like, look at me up here. You know, I feel like a kid. Um, And like, boom, I'm able to do this because I believe and thought I could. Um, So I love him. So, anybody who doesn't know who uh, Richard is, I highly recommend you look him up. Um, I feel like everybody should know who Arnold Schwarzenegger is. If you don't, (laughs) look him up as well. Um, So, listen, so this is where we get to the part of the interview where, you know, we dive in on just like, well, I like to put people on the spot, right, for the last question. Um, And this one is really based around like just, an adage is there any like adage saying quote that in tough times or difficulty that over the years that really resonated with you and it could be a cassie og original um but like something like that that's really resonated with you
1: yeah i mean in general i love the four agreements Mm. um i could get into that all the time i feel like i have a mini version of it that's actually in my backpack And whenever there's something bothering me, whether it's personal or business, I feel like if I really go through that topic, one, at least one, if not more of the agreements will identify the issue that I'm having. Mm. But I would say my favorite of the four agreements is don't make assumptions. Mm. I think a lot of times we, you know, sort of, I I can get on an ego trip in the sense of, I've been right about, you know, X and X and X. I know I'm right about this. And I'm not. I, something happened to me a couple weeks ago where I was supposed to have a meeting with somebody in, in New York City, and that that person kind of blew me off like by literally not responding at all that day. Um, and I took it as, I, I made up a lot of reasons in my head why that person didn't have the meeting with me. And then I looked on social media at the end of the day, and she had talked about how it was the anniversary of her mom's death and oh, yeah. it, it, it and i made it all about me like i made the whole thing about like how this person didn't like me because either this person told them that or they don't want to hire me or whatever it is and right. it really what happened had nothing to do with me and i think that that's those kind of moments are humbling but i i shouldn't have made an assumption and another for agreement um that as a part of that is um You know everything somebody does is not about you it's about them and that moment really had nothing to do with me it had everything to do with her so it it was just you know kind of humbling to go through that
0: yeah that's powerful Uh, just just to speak to that there's have you ever heard of stephen covey yes so for anybody who doesn't know definitely look stephen up he's definitely a thought leader in leadership in corporate america but um one of the things that blew my mind the uh seven principles of success of high performing people in his book He talks about almost exactly what you're talking about where it's like you assume and you get before you have all details and he talks about how uh he you know he was on this train in the city going to an event and there was this man and his two kids younger kids and they were just running around the train making a ruckus yelling screaming you know people were on phones doing things and like they were so disruptive so he said you know this, this guy was just sitting there watching his kids, like, be disruptive, wasn't, like, controlling the kids. And, he, you know, in his mind, he said, he goes, if they do one more thing, I'm going to, like, say something to the dad. And so, of course, they did, being kids. And he said to the dad, can you please get a grip of your kids? They're disrupting the whole train. And the, the dad, very somberly, was like, oh, I'm so sorry. Uh, you know, uh, between us, like, I'm a little out of it. We just went to the mother's funeral. And it's the first time, like, they're being happy and running around, so I just wanted to let them be happy and he was like wanted to like literally like like oh my god like just crawl into a freaking hole right cuz like he assumed that like he was just not being a good father or like not disciplining his kids when in all reality what happened he was coming back from a funeral his kids were just being happy he wanted them to enjoy that happiness because of what was going on and so to your point it's like you never know what's what somebody's going through and it's so powerful your self awareness that you identify that like that wasn't about you that was about whatever she had going on so so powerful I love that. Um, and and so we're at the end of the journey here. Um, I'm so grateful for you to spend some time with us here. Um, and this is where you plug yourself. Where can people find you, interact with you, you know, and uh, see what you have going on? Yeah, so
1: I'm on social media uh, across all handles at Cassie, C-A-S-S-I-E, Petrie, um, I, 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 w- I would say I primarily engage with people mostly in DMS versus publicly. I don't know I connect with people more that way. It's just my style. Yeah, so if you yeah. want to talk about something, just, uh, I check my DMS, DM me. I love talking and learning and helping where I can.
0: I love it. Uh, thank you so much for your time today. It's, it's extremely, you know, I, I really, I'm really grateful for it. I think time is the one asset. We don't get back. So you spending it here with us means the world to me. Um, and, uh, we're grateful. So thank you.
1: Thank you for having me. I appreciate it.
0: Absolutely. Everybody listening in, create a great rest of your day, whether it's evening, morning, whatever it is, create a good one. You're in charge of it. And thank you again uh, to, uh, to you. We appreciate you.